0: Struggling to find a structure and a flow when teaching your STEM lessons? In today's episode, I'll be sharing with you the exact format that I use to teach all of my K-5 STEM lessons. This method has been a game changer for me during the past five years as a STEM teacher, and it has allowed me to get through content, students are able to have enough work time, and even saves a little room for cleanup at the end. Let's jump right in. I originally taught in the classroom for six years before I landed my role in K-5 STEM. I was in a brand new to me district with a brand new remodeled classroom, limited tools, and zero curriculum. It was super overwhelming at first, but I knew that my time spent as a classroom teacher for six years before this role was definitely an asset. I even talk about in episode 11 of the podcast, why classroom teachers make great STEM teachers. So go back and take a listen if this is a role that you have tumbled into and you just don't know where to begin. Overall, this is why I created this podcast. This is something that I wish I had. So I am giving back to you. We know that time goes by super fast as a teacher, especially as a specials teacher. And I'm going to be sharing with you the exact model that I use to teach all of my lessons in my classroom. This is a structure that I didn't invent. And you might be a little bit surprised by what I'm going to be sharing with you. And I'm ready to spill all the secrets. Do you want to hear what the model I use is? The workshop model. Not new, but I use the structure in my K-5 STEM space for all of my lessons. And I'm going to break down for you exactly how I use the workshop model in my classroom. I use the workshop model when integrating the engineering design process with my projects and with STEM stations. And I know that you can too. It will definitely give you the structure that you are looking for. And you don't have to change it up every day. If you keep it the same every single day, students will know what to expect when they come into your classroom. It will ease the stress of your teaching, and it will definitely help you with the time management with all of the things going on. Real quick, here's an overview of the workshop model if you haven't used this method of teaching. Think of the workshop model as a circle, a pie chart. So literally your time is in a circle. You are going to break it up into a few different sections. I have my classes for 45 minutes, K through five. So depending on the time that you have with kids, you will adjust accordingly. I'm also not including the transition time that I have in between classes. That is separate from this workshop model. So keep that in mind as well. Within the workshop model, you have it broken up into three parts, but not three equal parts. You have a medium slice, a big slice of the pie, which is most of it, and a tiny slice at the end. First, our medium slice is the mini lesson. For me, my mini lessons are between five to eight minutes. After that, you have the practice time. This is when students are collaborating, they're working independently, or maybe they're in station rotations. For me, my practice time is between 25 to 35 minutes. Finally, the tiny slice of the pie that is between two to five minutes is your share, reflect, and clean up. I structure all of my classes this way, and it just brings a ton of consistency. But let's really talk about what each of those time frames look like, depending on the lesson that I'm teaching. Throughout the year, my second grade students come into my classroom, often with their classroom computers. I don't have a classroom set of computers in my role, so I have set this up from day one that for 90% of the lessons that I'm going to teach, students will carry their classroom computer with them to my classroom. We may or may not use it, but it's just great that they have it. And I also like to connect the lessons to what they're doing within their class, even just by the simple fact of logging into their student computer. This gives them that extra practice. Yes, it might take longer sometimes, especially with the younger students, but I just want to set up that expectation that we will sometimes use technology as a tool, not as a toy, to help us with the lessons that we're teaching. When students come in with their computer, their role is computer on the table, sit on the floor. When they sit on the floor, they are in my group meeting area and they're ready to go for the lesson. If they don't have their computer or if the younger students, their only one step direction is sit on the floor hundred percent of the time. I've talked about this in past episodes. I don't have students sitting at the tables. When I teach my room is ginormous. I don't talk very loud. And I know the kids aren't listening to me when they are spread out along the room. Yes. K through five, my big kids do this as well. And I don't feel bad because in PE and music, they don't have chairs either. And they have to sit on the floor. So don't feel bad at all. They are Okay. (laughs) They're sitting on the floor in front of our group meeting area. That's where I have my TV and all of the materials ready to go to teach the lesson. Another great way to maximize your time is on the screen, have a warm up question related to the project that you're going to be working on, or even have the slides that you will be teaching from ready to go, have student examples, something related to the lesson that will pique their interest and get their mindset ready to go. I am very big on using every moment wisely. So, even just that act of having something on the screen for students to look at and talk about with the people next to them is extremely valuable. When I am teaching with the engineering design process, all of my engineering design process notebooks are digital. And I actually don't create separate slides to teach from. I teach from the student slides that I assign to them. I will typically assign them in Seesaw sometimes in Google classroom, but I will be physically logged in as a teacher opening up the slides within that class I am teaching from. So they can see me interact with the slides just as if they were as well. It's great to connect the two together and the kids know they have access to everything that I am showing them. So nothing I am showing them is a surprise. If you are curious to hear more about the engineering design process, I talk about this in a lot of my episodes, but more specifically in episode 15 and 17 through 21. So go back and take a listen. I break down each stage of the engineering design process and how you can use this within your space. When I am teaching the mini lesson, it is very short. It is a mini lesson, and I am able to include everything I need to within this short amount of time. If you forget anything, you can, of course, pause the class during their practice and work time and remind them of the next steps. There is nothing wrong with that. The goal of this is when students are sitting down ready to learn, they are getting the bulk of the information from you. And you are the teacher. You can keep teaching throughout the class time. When I am teaching with the engineering design process, the mini lesson is when I am introducing each step very specifically. Day one is when I would do the ask, imagine, and have students to start planning their designs. Day two is students will be finishing up their designs and begin to create what they are hoping to design. Day three and four is all about more creation and experimenting and improving. I might even introduce, hey, here is a modification checklist. Here's how to make your design better. All of my mini lessons are going to be really focused in on each of these stages. And the final day is more experimenting and improving in how students are going to share their work. When I was a classroom teacher, I always taught with a workshop model anyway, and I am always teaching the next step. Some kids might not be ready for my lesson, but they know where they are going. They can look back in their digital engineering design process notebook from the week and see what they missed yesterday and what they need to keep working on to get to where I'm teaching for the day. Again, I'm always teaching the next step and I tell my students this, it's okay if you're not there yet. I'm teaching you where you are headed so you can be successful and know what to work on. This is also a time where I will build background and the science behind what we are doing. This can be day one, but I will also do this during the week as well because students can always modify and change their design. So there's nothing wrong with doing background information a little bit each day. This might be a related video that I found, a website, or an article. And again, these are all linked in their engineering design process notebooks. I often have to show the class the videos at the same time because they are linked to YouTube and my district blocks YouTube, so that's the only way that we can watch them. But kids know that if they even want to watch it at home, they have access to these links as well. For more specific lessons during this mini lesson, if I'm doing a makerspace project, This is where I would talk about the Makerspace menu and money system. If I am doing a technology project, this is also when I would talk about very specific things on how to get connected to the technology. For example, if I am teaching robotics with a Sphero or a Dash robot, this is where I will physically show them how to connect to that robot. I also have visual directions that I will post after my mini lesson. I will refer to them when I am teaching. So I will model how to get to that specific technology, but then that digital anchor chart will also be posted with visuals to remind students how to do the steps that I just talked about. I highly recommend making these anchor charts digital and not cluttering your walls with all of them, unless you're using the same tool K through five. I don't have a whole lot of wall space and I'm very specific about the things that I hang up. I want everything to be purposeful in my classroom for all classes. That's why I will make a lot of these anchor charts digital. Of course, they're linked to my TPT shop, but that way I can pull up what I need. It's very specific for that class and I don't have to print a million things. I don't have the time for that either. Getting overwhelmed with researching, planning, and teaching meaningful K-5 STEM lessons, it can be a lot of work and I completely understand. When I walked into my brand new role, at a brand new classroom with zero curriculum. Over the years, I've been developing a K-5 STEM year-long plan that is rooted in standards, the engineering design process, and station rotations. In fact, don't just take it from me, here's what other teachers are saying about these plans. Ann says, this was a very helpful resource for me as a new STEM teacher. I appreciate that I had activities for all grade levels, My students loved all of these lessons. Tara says, this resource is amazing. I love that these are challenges that have been tried in the classroom. One of the best things that I purchased. There are over 50 lessons already included in the bundle and it's growing. Everything new that is added, lessons and updates, you will always get for free when you purchase today. As a bonus, I included a free digital teacher plan book that is made specifically for K-5 STEM teachers who have a lot of classes and plans to manage every day. It's easy to edit and gives you enough blocks to write in, unlike most paper planners out there. Being a podcast listener, I am giving you an exclusive $30 off code for the entire K-5 STEM bundle. You can grab the bundle at naomimeredith.com slash K5STEM and put in the code PODCASTK5 at checkout. If I am doing a station rotation, the mini lesson is also the time where I will build the background knowledge and have a related video about the topic. And then I will also show students how to complete each of the stations. I will do the same process for both days of stations. I do four station rotations. When I do stations with my younger students, I will have a station for each letter of STEM and they will complete two stations a day. Same process. I don't assume that they remember how to do the stations. Some will, some won't. Some kids are absent. Some kids were new for the day. So I always will review those expectations. For my classes who have a hard time with behavior, I will also, during this mini lesson, go over the specific ways of how they can earn their class incentive and refer to each of those expectations as well. This mini lesson is when I am the star of the show and going over those very specific things I need them to do during their work time. I am not up there for very long, so I really have to get the most bang for my buck during this time because the majority of class time, they are going to be working on their projects, whatever it is that we are doing for the week. I do realize that it can be tricky when you are using technology as one of your main sources of tools. And then you want to show them how to use the technology and then you want to show them how it's going to connect to everything. When this happens, this is usually for me when we are doing a coding platform, an engineering design process notebook that is digital or even logging into 3D printing, I will break up the mini lesson and the practice time, that's student work time. Often I will get their excitement, build a little bit of background, then I will show students how to connect to the tool or how to log in how to get that all set up. So I tell them we're getting our materials ready first and then I'm going to show you how to use it. I will show them those steps, have the visual directions back up for them. They will go get their materials ready, leave them ready to go, and then come back to the floor. For students who need a lot more support and there's only one of you and a lot of them, I will show them all the steps. And let's say it's an engineering design process notebook I want them to get to I will have the visual steps on one side and then the page I want them in their engineer notebook ready to go. And I will tell them when everybody at your table has their screen matching mine, you will come to the floor, nothing in your hands. So that means that all the kids have to help each other at their table. They can't do it for them. They have to be the YouTube tutorial and show them how to do it by pointing. And then when everybody is ready to go, then they can come to the floor. This has really helped where students are being more independent and helpful when it comes to technology and not always relying on me for every single troubleshooting issue. This also frees me up for the students who really are having problems that none of the kids can solve, and I'm not running around fixing everything. There are usually at least a couple of kids at each table who can be successful and who are happy to help. From there, I will finish off the mini lesson when the kids are on the floor, the materials are ready to go. I'll show them how to use it, how it relates to the lesson, and then we will move on to that practice time because everything is set up and ready to go. So, this is a great way to break it up where the kids aren't sitting for 20 minutes. You're kind of merging that mini lesson and that work time together. Now, we are officially moving on to that practice time when it comes to the workshop model. And of course, I have all the helpful tools posted up on my screen, ready for kids to access. My favorite that I have mentioned before is classroomscreen.com, where you can upload images, there's timer widgets, there's a text box where you can type things. You can have everything displayed all nicely in one place, and you don't have to minimize your tabs and make them fit perfectly. Everything is all there for you. Highly recommend checking that out if you haven't used classroomscreen.com already. I will almost always have a timer up on my screen during the student work time so students are aware how much time they have to work in my class. During station rotations, I actually don't, only because I do stations with kindergarten and first grade, and I kind of have to gauge what is going on in the classroom. I will typically set a timer on my watch and I will use that as a guide, noticing if groups are a little bit squirrely or if they need a little bit more time. They sometimes will ask me how much time they have left. I will always tell them. But this has actually worked well for station rotations just based on the class and their experience with station rotations and how they're feeling that day with the materials at hand. When students are working, they usually want to work with others when it's not station rotations, and I allow them to work in groups of one, two, or three. Our projects are usually really small. I'm really big about having small projects because they're easier to store. And I tell them, if you want to be a group of four, just do two and two. That way you have more of a chance to work on everything. This has worked really well. I used to do bigger groups in the past. But I realized not all kids had a chance to participate. There wasn't enough for them to do. So keeping groups smaller really helps with the collaboration. They can have a voice during their work time and feel like that they are involved in the project. During this time, I will be roaming the room, assisting as needed. I'm really big about Ask 3 Before Me, especially when it comes to troubleshooting or what questions they have. Again, I am the guide on the side. I am not the star of the show during this work time. I am during the mini lesson. Trust me, you should see me in action. But during this work time, it's all about them to get all the work done that they have at hand. Finally is the last part of the workshop model that is the smallest and that is the share reflect and I added in that clean up. For me, this is about two to five minutes. It is quick. I am able to get my classes clean up very fast Here and there, I will have a class who are very, very slow at cleaning up. They might need more time. I keep that in mind and balance it all out. But for the most part, most classes can clean up in about five minutes. When it comes to station rotations, they will clean up before they rotate. So again, I will have that mini lesson. We have the video building background. I show them how to do the stations. They will work in their stations. Then they will clean up and stand at their clean station. They're not allowed to go anywhere. They don't know where they're going. They have to be cleaned up before they are able to rotate. After all the stations are cleaned up, I will have them stand there. I will go to that station. I will stand there with them and show them how to point to their next station. When everybody's pointing to their next station, they will walk to the next one and work on what they have at hand. Again, when the time is up, they'll clean up. They'll stand at their clean station and then they'll come and join me on the floor and and then we will reflect on the learning for the day. For an engineering design process project, we will clean up and then they will either sit at their tables or they'll all join me on the floor, depending on where we're at with that cleanup. And I like to use the same reflection questions that are in their engineering design process notebooks. At the very end, what went well? What was a challenge for them? If they were to do this project again, what would they work on? I might even ask them what went well, what would you recommend? So for kids who are going to be on that next stage tomorrow, what advice would they give them? So questions like this are really helpful to talk about as a class and to really close up everything that happened for the day. You could also make a digital check-in a lot like what Jill mentioned in her guest interview in the past episode, but you could do a digital check-in as to where they're at in the engineering design process or how they are feeling in that part of the process. And you could create this in a Google slide or a Google Jamboard. And there is a little circle that has the kid's classroom number, and they can move that little circle as to where they are feeling. A lot of different ways to reflect. You don't have to go overboard with this, but it's good to have some sort of closure where it's not just clean up, run out the door. When we're all done for the day, I will let the class know if they earn their classic incentive, and then they will go line up in my green hallway so they are ready to go for the teacher. Again, I don't have them line up in my classroom because if a teacher is late, if another class is early, then they are all in the hallway, they're ready for that teacher, and then I can clean up any last things, prepare any last materials before my next class comes for the day. As a recap, here is how to teach a STEM lesson when using the workshop model. First, we talked about what the workshop model is. Then you move on to the mini lesson to start it all off. The bulk of your work time is that practice time. Then you piece it all together with the share, reflect, and cleanup time. By creating a predictable structure for all of your lessons K-5, through not only will this be helpful for you as a teacher, but it will create that consistency for the students so when they step into your space, they won't always know what is going on with the actual content, but the structure is always going to be the same. And this is going to help with your classroom management, behavior management, and even help you get through all of the content, no matter how much time you have with kids and how often that you see them. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Elementary STEM Coach Podcast. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram at Naomi Meredith underscore, or send me an email to Podcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to check out my website, Naomi Meredith.com to see all the show notes from today's episode, and shop my K-5 STEM resources. Any questions you have, needs for resources, or ideas for episodes, get in touch. I'll talk to you soon.